Now, after the shepherds went away and we left with Mary pondering these things in her heart, the next thing that happens is eight days later. Why? No, it's not the wise men. In Matthew, the next thing we learn about... No, he was already born, sweetheart. She, remember he was born and then wrapped him in swaddling cloths and laid him in a manger? In Matthew, the next thing that happens after he's born is the coming of the wise men, but that doesn't happen right away. The next thing that happens is eight days later when they go to have him circumcised. And they, they didn't go to the temple for this. Mary wasn't allowed to go to the temple until 40 days had gone by. According to ceremonial law, after you gave birth, we'll talk about this more in a second, but after you gave birth to a child, you were unclean for 40 days. We'll talk about why that was. But the first thing that would happen is a baby who was a boy, eight days later, would be circumcised and given his name. So that was the covenant that God made with Abraham when he said, you know, you're going to circumcise all the males of your house. Uh, circumcised means that Okay, you know, baby Simon, he has, boys have penises, right? And baby Simon, on the end of his penis, there's a piece of skin. And circumcision is they cut that off. So God told Abraham to do this and that it was a sign of the promise. Now, the reason why he did this particular thing, well, there's a couple reasons. One is it was a reminder that the Savior was going to come through the promise of the seed of Abraham. So before he made the promise about the seed of the woman, Eve, the seed means like that which comes from her body. So like right now, I was just gonna tell you before, right now out in our garden, our tomato plants are growing fruits. The flowers are turning into fruits. There are like these green balls like this big where the flowers were on some of the plants. And those are gonna get bigger and bigger and eventually they'll turn red. That's when you know they're ripe. Tomatoes. Yeah, those will be tomato fruits. Well, the fruit of a plant, mm -hmm. if you take that instead of eating it, you take that and plant it, you'll grow more. Actually, you wouldn't have to plant the whole thing. You just take out the, you take, it's a bunch of seeds in it and you take out the seeds and you can plant them next year and grow more tomato plants, okay? The seed of a woman is, it comes from the ovary. Right? And the seed of a man is, uh, comes and joins with the seed of a woman, and then you get a baby. This is true with plants, too. It, doesn't, it has to be more than just the seed of one plant. It needs to be, you know what bees do? You know how bees fertilize plants? This yeah. is why bees are really important. Because you get, anytime there's a flower, there's like pollen at the end of it. Mm -hmm. Right? So a bee is going around like, he doesn't know about the pollen. He doesn't care about that. He doesn't know what he's doing. But God made it so that the bee's like, ooh, I want some of that sweet nectar from that flower over there, which is why he made them to have flowers that are bright and they smell good and they have nectar. So the bee's like, bzz, give me some nectar. And while he's getting the nectar, his legs pick up the pollen from the flower. And then he goes to another flower to get nectar from there, and then he brings some of the pollen from one flower to the other flower, and it combines, and it and it fertilizes it so that it makes new seeds. Yeah. Yes. I know that because I think you know. I know that because I learned so, it from school. Oh, okay, you know that. Cool. So with with a, a husband and a wife, sort of the same thing happens, except bees aren't involved, and, and flowers the aren't. the egg from the mom 
and it's called the seed from the man joined together and then a baby grows in mama's womb and you have a baby, right? Well, God was reminding Abraham and his descendants that event that, that this child was going to come, the savior from the seed of Abraham because he was going to be from Abraham's descendants, just like he had promised Eve that it was going to come from her seed, from her descendants, right? Uh, it was also a, a reminder of various other things. But anyway, that promise was about Jesus, right? So now Jesus, when he's eight days old, because that was the covenant, on the eighth day, they would circumcise them. And a lot of people also think that, the, that choosing the eighth day was important because there are seven days in the week. And on the seventh day, God rested and he told the people to rest. So what's the eighth day? There's not eight days in a week, but what would the eighth day? If the seventh day is a day of rest, what day is that, by the way? What's the seventh day in a week? The we- last day of What's the last? Monday. No. Mm-hmm. What's the last day of the week? Saturday. Saturday. We get all screwed up in our money because Sunday's part of the weekend, and so we think of that as being the last day of the week. My week goes Monday. All Sunday. right. So that means that the eighth day, if the seventh day of Saturday, then the eighth day is really also the first day, which is Sunday. Now, what are the, some things that happened on Sunday in the Bible? The Sunday. first the first day of the week. What's the first? Light. He made, that's when he started the creation of the world and he made light. That's why it's called sun day. As in the sun, as in the light, right? That's actually not when God made the sun, but it is when <laughs> God made light, right? Well, then on the first day of the week at early dawn, when the sun was just rising, the women went to the tomb and they found that Jesus was risen because he rose from the dead on Sunday. Mm-hmm. Those things are connected in the Bible. Well, because Jesus rose from the dead on Sunday, people started worshiping on Sunday. And a lot of theologians, Christian theologians, think that the eighth day was, was foretelling how Jesus would rise from the dead on Sunday, on the eighth day, and it was looking forward to that. But either way, that's also when Jesus got his name. The name, Jesus. So several important things. He's fulfilling the ceremonial law because he came to fulfill the law for us. He's fulfilling the prophecies because those prophecies having to do with circumcision were about Jesus, who is the seed of Eve and the seed of Abraham. And it's the probably, unless Mary was like very like, like, I don't know, like not cautious with her baby, which I doubt, unless, unless she like dropped him or something, it was probably the first time that he bled. So when, you, when they would do this, when they would cut off that skin, it would make the baby bleed. The baby would be fine, but it would make them bleed a little bit. And a lot of people, a lot of church fathers and writers think that that was intentional for telling the cross. And certainly in the sense that it would have been painful. He would have screamed. He was a baby. He would have hurt, right? All the pain that Jesus bore, he bore because he came to bear our sin and to go to the cross. And then in the sense of it being the eighth day, maybe it foretells his resurrection, but also it's when they gave him his name. And even if none of those other things that I mentioned about whether it foretells this or foretells that, even if none of those are intentional, his name is because the angel's the one who told them what name to give him and he told them why. You know, we had reasons for naming you guys the things we named you, but the angel had a much better reason from God than any name. No, 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 that was Samara. The other name besides Samara for Samara was Eliza. Yeah. But anyway, Jesus' name, remember what it means? We talked about it a few weeks ago, I think. Or, or last, last week, probably. Yeah.
Yahweh what? The first, Yah. Yahweh saves. Yep, it combines the Hebrew words for Yahweh and for saves. And it's saying, and the angel said, because he will save his people from their sins. So he takes on this covenant of circumcision, which is a promise about him, this promise of this new covenant that God foretold where he would take away his people's sins. And he takes on our pain and our suffering. He comes here as a weak, small child in order to grow and to fulfill the law, just like he fulfilled the law even as a baby when he was circumcised, in order to bleed and die on the cross and take away our sins. Well, we'll save the next thing about the ceremonial unclean and then coming clean. We'll, we'll talk about that next time.